Hello, hello. Back again with another episode of Stories and Lies. If you're enjoying the show, we'd love it if you could take a couple of minutes to write a review wherever you listen. It really does help more people find the show. As always, links are in the show notes to our Discord, Patreon, and other fun stuff. Okay, allow me to present Static Episode 5, Unremembered. Yes, you're mostly clean, but... I don't know who they are. But you got to take this along. The implications. It's good to see you again, Jacob. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Um, this has become like a, a regular thing, isn't it? That's usually how this works, yes. Well, you know, I, I got nothing but time here, Doctor. I mean, we could just do these meetings uh, a lot longer. I mean, I could just tell you the whole goddamn story if you want it. You know, get it over with. You know, I think I'd enjoy that. Uh, but unfortunately, my schedule wouldn't allow it. Ah, it's a shame. You see, um, you know, when I used to talk with Wayne, he'd come in after his shifts sometimes, you know, you know, just to hear my story. This isn't the first time you've mentioned someone named Wayne. Uh, was he an employee here? Are you playing with me? Do you recall his last name? Yeah, um, I, I, I do not. The thing is, Jacob, that... There's no one on my staff that goes by the name Wayne. You know, doctor, uh, I think you better get out of your office a little bit more often and, and get to know some of the folks that you are employing to work at this facility. <laughs> Noted. I'll ask around. Anyhow, back to your story. Uh, there was something I forgot to ask about during our last session. Uh, let's see. Yes, uh, Dorothy checked in with you and failed to mention that Willow had killed the principal of the high school, the one who was hospitalized. Why do you think that was? Was it because the phone line wasn't secured? Uh, was the SOP not to mention such things over the phone? Hmm. Um, I don't rightfully recall, to be honest with you. Um, but I was later informed of his demise, and you know, quite frankly, it was something that indicated to me and to the people that we work with that the protocols were being implemented. You know, that, that my people were on board with, with the horrible shit that I had ordered them to do. I see. So to be clear, you had no concerns about not receiving information directly from your team? None whatsoever. So then ultimately, who was it who told you? Uh, it was the other team. I don't follow. Uh, oh, 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 we ain't quite gotten to that part of my story yet, Doctor. I, I'm building up to it, you see. You know. so, so stay with me here. Uh, let's start with the basics. First, well, they had to go track down them high school kids. They tell me all your stories All the little worries you cry They tell me what the world needs What to say, who to please Where my loyalty should lie
up on Saturday, November the 20th. We're at the high school. Both Willow and Dorothy have just headed upstairs with recently stolen keys from the janitor. The upstairs area is classrooms and there's lockers and the, uh, the lights are dim. I mean, there's no one up here. None of the classes are open. There's no students up here. There's no people up here. Your footsteps echo through the halls as you work your way through the middle of the building and down the central stairs to the first floor. And as you approach the first floor, you can hear the humming sound of the, the polishing machine just off in the distance. And you can see the area that's already been cleaned or polished, freshly polished here at the central area, the central entrance area of this high school. Um, and as you exit the staircase, here's you know, the trophy case and there's the banners and there's a front entrance in the different the two hallways on either side of you. And clearly labeled as the administrative offices. All right, the lights are off in the admin area. But there's a window with blinds. The blinds are down. There's a door, a locked door, but Willow has the keys. Willow? Going in. All right. It's, um, unfortunately, the ring O keys is like a, like a, 30 pack. Right. It's, a, it's a bunch of keys yep. this guy has for all of the locks in this building, every closet, every classroom, every door, exterior and interior. And there's some number codes on some of them, but it's not very easily labeled. If I could add something to that. So in, in big buildings like this, oftentimes keys are mastered. Um, so what that means is you may have um, every single door in the facility has a different lock all of which have their own individual keys that only work in those locks and also a master key that can unlock all of them. Um, now, th th this may not be that situation, and I could, I could tell you about how it works, but it's quite boring. But there, I could see a situation where there's maybe this this is the master key for all the classrooms. This is the master key for all the closets. And, you know, this is the master key for you know, whatever. That doesn't mean they're going to be labeled, but just to throw that out there. And the good news is this. Uh, our janitor needs keys to everything for him to maintain the entire building, both buildings. He needs he's yep. pretty much has access to everything. And back in the 90s, we got with keys. That's what we got. But it's a lot of keys. Yeah. So um, I'll, I'm going to check Willow. You just you just start trying some keys and let's let's see how it goes. Right. So um, it takes Willow about eight. No, we'll say not the ninth key in the sequence clicks in the lock. So it takes about a, two minutes or so of fumbling about and cycling through keys before you find one that works. And the door opens. All right. And the door opens inward into the unlit administrative offices of this high school. So what are your what are your actions? I'm still not feeling like super stealthy. Maybe enough that I'm not trying to be overt about it. Like we'll shut the door or we'll turn on the lights and we'll, you know, go right for what we're after. Like, I don't feel like, I feel like speed is better than stealth here. Yeah. All right, good. And tell me what you're after. What's the goal? First priority to me would be uh, to find a roster of all the kids that are on the trauma club. Second priority, especially after we do that, would be to find student information and get addresses. So we should be able to get all that and Galvez's personal, like his... Yes, also Galvez. Probably his phone number and address or something. First name, home phone. Yep. So here in the admin area, there's basically a central, um, basically uh, the school administrator desk that is kind of a public facing desk. And then beyond that is some other side offices and back offices where the principal, vice principal and other admins work beyond that. And there's some storage areas and there's a lot of these... Um, cabinets storage cabinets oh yeah and file cabinets and, and there's also some there would be a, there would be a computer the, the uh, receptionist in the main IMS is going to have computers and they're going to have printers you know for doing basic tasks and, and, a, and a photocopier in the corner so um dorothy let's just start with you give me a search roll let's see how how 
how long it takes us to find the information we need. Um, conveniently, my search is 10. Let's see what we can do. It could be a while. No, that is a 54. Okay. So Dorothy has no idea where to start, but she begins looking. And Willow, you'd make the same roll. Let's see if she has a better idea of where to find these records. Nope. 79 over 40. Okay. And so the two begin to search. Uh, we'll cut back to Fred while they look. <laughs> Fred, Fred, you finished a good workout. You've kind of, you've done some, you know, some incline, some bench, some, some squats, you know, some, some solo weights. What, you know, you've kind of done the gambit. Yep. Um, you've worked up a lather. You've had some water. Uh, you bought, they have they have some towels here that are just in the weight room that you can use if you. you know, yeah, just grabs up. a towel. Yep. <laughs> what does Fred want to do next? Well, he sees that no one seems to to warm up to him. Kind of feels a, a bit bad for two seconds. He he really doesn't care if if they they don't like him that much. He's gonna like approach someone else, like another student, and basically just just like ask if if they're part of the f- football team. Okay. So you pull, go to the student, um, ask him. So the guy first gives you that like deer in a headlights look, and then he kind of um, breaks out of from him and says, "Yeah, yeah, I'm on, I'm on the football team. Why, why? What's it to you?" All right. So you're under uh, Mr. Galvez. Yeah, he's our coach. All right. Okay. Is he? He's not here on the weekends, is he? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, sometimes, man. I don't. I don't know. He's not here today. Okay. When's your next game or practice? We got practice on Monday, uh, games on Friday. All right. I just have to talk to him real quick about a little um, something that happened to the school. I don't know if you, you, I imagine you heard about it. Oh, yeah, man. Man, everyone heard about it. I mean, a lot of us were there for that assembly. Yeah. <laughs> Practical joke, man. It was crazy. It was pretty wild. Yeah, well, what happened? I, um, man, I, those nerds in the drama club were doing some Romeo and Juliet thing. Right. They had, you know, like uh, the little costumes or whatever. Um, yep. And they were doing some fancy um, English kind of like uh, play talking. Yeah, yeah. Using fa- like, you know, lots of old, old, uh, old words. You know? Oh, yeah. D's and D's and all the gambit. Yeah. They had like a, some guy had like a mask on and was kind of creeping around and stuff. And mm. um, I don't know, somebody in the front row got mad at somebody else. And listen, man, we... Hey, not everyone in the school gets along. I mean, it's a school. Hey, look, even out of school, people don't all get along, so... Yeah, so the fight broke out, like, in the front of the auditorium, and a bunch of bunch of students got into it, and those of us in the back, we just, you know, we, we booked it, man. I, I, I want nothing to do with that. Listen, if, if I get in trouble again, man, I'm off the team. Yeah, well... Uh, and my, my dad will not put up with that. Not again. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. You said like a guy was walking around with a mask. Did they all wear masks, or there was just one guy? No, just one creepy guy, like wearing a mask on stage. All right. You know who who that was? Man, I don't know. He's wearing a mask. Yeah, he had like this this like robe on or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like like the Grim Reaper, that kind of thing. Okay. All right. Well, I'm here. I, I'm. I think your coach kind of oversees the whole. Like drama club and everything. Yeah, that's right. Galvez, he's supposed to be like um, the coach for the drama club too. Um, we uh, gotcha. We used to have his art teacher uh, last year. Then um, she got in trouble for, for something. I don't. I don't know. I don't know, man. Mm. And then they didn't have a. They didn't have an art teacher. They didn't have a drama teacher. So Galvez, uh, he told us that he had his, one of his new responsibilities. He had to basically coach the drama club. Gotcha. Gotcha. And you, you, you know, if like the the play that they did. Was that a student's uh, idea, or was it was him? 
I don't, I, I don't know, man. It's like Romeo and Juliet or something. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. There's like a princess and, oh, man, I think there was two princes. Hmm. Yeah, so I doesn't matter. I don't. I don't. I, I've, That's fine. You didn't. You, you didn't listen to the details. Look at your age. I wouldn't either. Sure. Okay. So I mean, I'll. I'll, I'll guess. I'll. I'll ask him when. Uh, when he's around. Yeah. It, um. Hey, cool, man. Yeah. Whatever you gotta do. Sure. Have a good. Uh, have a good workout. Good luck for your next game. All right. Um. Yeah. Sure. Thanks. All right. So he, he goes back over to one of the like the. He's really some barbells, so he goes over there and gets to work on yep. you know, some arm muscle exercises he's doing. Okay. Uh, and with this, I think Fred would just kind of go like outside the gym and just kind of walk around the school. Just do like a quick a, a quick uh, 360. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so as as you leave the, the, the weight room, Fred, you you see the, the football field and those the, these large sprinkler setups that are set up on the field that slowly go in a circle then water the entire area you see there's a track like a dirt tr- a dirt track with kind of mud forming around the edges of the football field where the overflow from the sprinklers is now soaking the dirt track you see the empty stands from you know both home and away on either side uh, kind of a faded looking scoreboard in one of the end zones the goalposts in the distance you can make out the buildings of new orleans the low clouds um and the city seems somewhat sleepy on this late saturday morning there's not a lot happening here and you can hear briefly the sounds of of the clanking from the weight room and some students working out um and, and you don't hear much else it's kind of a quiet day as you walk yourself around the high school but as you reach one end of the high school away from the gym you do see two doors propped open with a trash can there, and you hear the buzzing sound of the floor polishing machine and the maintenance guy. You can see him. He's just about finished with the floor. So we'll get back over to Willow and Dorothy. If each of you give me another search roll to see how much progress the two of you have made in your attempts. That's an A. Is that a... No, it's 68. Still looking. How's Willow doing? 56. Still looking. Yeah, so... Checking file cabinets, looking through files, um, finding all sorts of records, all sorts of records, and an abundance of records and not quite getting a, a handle on the system. So they're still looking as we cut back over to Fred Fontaine. Anything, anything Fred wants to do? I think he'd, he'd, he'd wait around for the, the two gals to kind of come back, but uh, he'd be curious to just kind of like have a look inside the school. I imagine sees that the, you know, they're, they're waxing the floor, cleaning everything. Yeah. Yeah. So you can watch this the, the janitor basically finish up the floor. The interior of the school looks like you remember it. You were just here yesterday. Yep. It just says no students. It's it's kind of it's devoid of students, but otherwise it's the large hallways, lockers, you know, kind of kind of high ceilings, you know, and classrooms and stairs, some more classrooms upstairs, and uh, just the humming sound of the floor polishing machine going. And not a lot much else going on this morning. As we wait and kill a little bit more time. Dorothy and Willow each give me another search roll. Let's see how their their search is going. 90, 91. Still hunting. And how's Willow doing? I have, I have a question too. So we're in like, is the nurse's office like right where we are? It just dawned on me. There is one, but not here. Not in admin. Okay. It's going to be a separate office. Roll search. 39 under 40. Oh, that, that's it. There it is. All right. So um, finally, Willow in like the seventh file cabinet basically finds the club roster folder of all the clubs. And there's many clubs that the students sign up for every year and they keep records of the clubs every year. And as you see, the, you know, the chess club and the student council and the yearbook and drama club. 
And Willow very happily pulls out a single sheet of type paper, which indicates drama club. It indicates essentially the, the advisor on faculty is, is Mr. Galvez. Let me give you his full name. It's, it's Santiago Galvez is his name. And he's listed as a teacher advisor for the drama club. And there's a roster and has each of the students' names and like a student ID number next to each student. That's how they're essentially organizing these. So on this sheet, you have a list of students. Here's the list of students that are listed as in the drama club. There are seven students total in the drama club. It's Franklin Dubois, Aiden Sawyer, Violet Sanchez, Chris D., Paul Roger, David Roger and Samantha Beadle are the students that are listed. Each of them has a student ID number next to their name. Are any of them like, I don't know, listed like as helpers or volunteers or anything? It's just the roster of students that are part of that club and their ID numbers. Using the ID numbers, you can each roll search plus 20 to try to get more information about the students. Did you say Chris B, like the letter B? Chris D, D E E. Gotcha. Is one of the students. Uh, oh, here we go. So I got it exactly. I got zero seven under 10. There you go. All right. So um, Dorothy figures out with the student ID numbers, it's a very easy way to now locate these students in the file cabinets. They're they're sorted by ID numbers and you can get their each student's uh, information packet, you know, which basically goes their whole, their record, which is their record at this high school and their grades, their attendance, their personal information, the whole bit. Each student has their own folder with all the information you would need. So you begin to fight, sort through those. Dorothy, I'm not going to do all this verbally, but essentially you can get each of these students. Uh, tell me, other than the personal information, identifying information, is there anything else Dorothy wants to get for these students? Um, yeah, so phone numbers, addresses, home phone numbers, addresses. Right. And then um, anything that would have to do with if they have any notes on the students. I don't want to say personality, but like history. You know what I mean? Like the student is particularly troublesome. Any disciplinary stuff. Yeah, right. disciplinary yeah, stuff. Dis- discipline records, things like that. Yeah, grades. And this is going to be grades. This is a quarter system. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be grades for each of the quarters for their you know, freshmen, sophomore, junior. Yeah, there's a whole, there's a bunch of grades in there. Let me give you a quick, how about this? Dorothy, well, you can take their records and like there's a photocopier. Yeah. Just get a, you know, she's a copy for herself of, of their addresses, their phone numbers, their date of birth, you know, all their vital information. Dorothy's copying this. Going through the list of students, um, I'll see if anything sticks out to you as I go through them myself. Um, I have a question while you're looking through the list. Does it also list like what clubs they were in each year? Yeah, there would be that as well. If there was anybody that wasn't in the club before the other teacher quit, like if, if this is anybody's first year in drama club, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, um, you'll notice that the Rogers, Paul and David are brothers. And they are new to the club this year. And as you look through their file, they have only records for this year. Both David and Paul Roger are exchange students. So they are staying here with a, with a host family, and this is their first and, and only year at the high school. And so their records are pretty slim. And so there's a, there's a little bit about them as far as information about their actual actual addresses. They're both from, from England. They're English boys. And they're, they're, they're twins. They're twin brothers. So there's some information about them. There's not much history about them other than that interesting fact. Uh, if you look for uh, discipline records, you'll note that Violet Sanchez seems to be the most troubled of the of the group. Uh, she has a lot of uh, a lot of tardies, a lot of absences, 
in some situations where student where teachers are marking her up for for basically disrupting or leaving class without permission is also something she gets in trouble for. So there's uh, nothing violent that you see, but a lot of behavior kind of issues. Violet only has one parent, only one guardian listed, so that it's just a mother, not a father. And then also there's several different addresses as well. So her record shows she's moved several times. So she's got a kind of a transit, uh, nothing stable in her background, and her grades are not really great. So she's maintaining a C plus average, but you know, so she's a kind of a borderline student. As you look through the other ones, uh, I'll see if anybody else stands out to you. It's interesting. Samantha Beadle, the last name of the list, has the most activities of any other students. She's got glee club. She's got student council. She's got, you know, student government. She's got chess club. She's got, she's got the stack of activities. So she's like the super achiever of the group and her grades are outstanding. So she, she kind of remarks, she stands out to you for that perspective. She looks like a model student as far as no discipline issues, good grades, lots of activities. Let me do a roll check, uh, a luck check real fast here. Yeah, they have photos. Each of the students' files is going to have a picture of them. And because they get every year, yearbook photos are taken of, this, of the kids, so they actually can update their photos. And you'll see pictures of each of them in their personnel file. So, you know. The first three names I listed are seniors. That's Franklin, Aiden, and Violet are all seniors. Uh, where Chris D. and Samantha Beadle are juniors, and then the Roger brothers are also juniors as well. But no one here is, they're all upperclassmen. They're all juniors and seniors in this class or this club. Other than that, uh, see, I'm trying to think of a list that would mention it. Um, and except for the brothers, they were all in drama club last year too. I'm checking to see. Dubois would be, Sawyer would be, Sanchez started last year. This is her second year. Okay. Um, and Beetle was in it as well. Beetle's in everything. So she's obviously in it. So this is the Rogers first year. Actually, Chris D, this would be her first year as well. She's younger. So she's actually, uh, she's a junior, but she's 16. And there's not much in there about her. So uh, Chris lives with her father. Uh, Chris is a female. Uh, K-R-I-S-D is a female, lives with her father. There's not much about her in the file. She doesn't seem very, she doesn't stand out for discipline reasons or grade reasons either. You're kind of going through all these different students. I'm trying to think. There's something about Dubois, the first name, Franklin Dubois. Um, he's a he's a, a black student, senior, uh, 17 years old. But if you the photograph of him, he's got a, a very a very charismatic face. He's got a very a good stance to him, a good energy to him. His picture look, stands out to you. Of all seven students, he's the most kind of remarkable. He's there's something about him, his smile, his personality, uh, just on the photograph there. His grades are good. Um, he had no discipline issues, um, and he's been in drama class his entire high school career. So he, he stands out uh, amongst all of them as the one that kind of gets your attention the most. Um, but other than that, uh, these are the seven students you have, and you have all their information. You guys photocopy their personal records and create a little file for them as you sit here in this admin office. What else do you want to do? Um, similar info for uh, Santiago Galvez. Uh, address, phone number, a photo, if he's got a photo, all that kind of stuff. So Galvez is faculty. Yep. And so it's a little harder. He's obviously not listed with a student number. I won't make you roll for it. You dig around a bit more and find the faculty file. And you have all the personal information for the faculty. You've got a phone list. You've got addresses. You have his pay information, you know, his pay grade, contract information, that stuff that admin would need. So you get his information as well. And he's a physical education teacher is how he's listed. So I'd be getting nervous at this point. I'd be like, all right, we need to get out of here. We got a lot of information and we're clean right now. Let's see if we can get gone. 
Okay, sounds good. So put everything back and uh, head out. All right, put everything back, turn off the lights, close all the drawers, lock the door, close it. You hear, once you close the door, you can hear some footsteps somewhere in the building. Um, As you look around, you see the the janitor kind of turn a corner, um, and he's basically carrying, um, I think he'd be bringing some boxes of supplies in at this point. So you see he's carrying some stuff down the hall, and his footsteps echo through the clean hallway. You know, the sparkling, shining wax floor as he's bringing some supplies in. He sees the two of you and just nods a little bit and doesn't seem to pay you much mind. And where, where's where's Fred at this point? What's he up to? I think Fred would have remained at the, uh, like the doors that were open. Okay. Uh, he's not he's not going to go sneak in and whatever. He's going to wait for uh, for the rest of the group. All right. So I would head th- back that way. And as we get to like the doors where Fred is, pull out the keys and put them on the inside of those doors. Like just hanging out of the key, out of the uh, lock. Oh, you're going to give him back? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I make sure Fred sees that, too. Yeah, he, he sees it. Kind of looks at the looks at the keys, looks at you. Kind of, like, seems agreeably surprised. <laughs> All right. So the, the group of you can exit the school. You walk on down the sidewalks, go back to the gate you entered in, return to your van. And it's lunchtime. Dorothy's got actual files now, right? Like, she has the copies of all the kids and the copies of everything. Sweet. Cool. Yeah, let's... Uh, should we go get lunch? Talk about what we found? All right. Yeah. So let's cut to a place. You guys are having some nice sandwiches, some nice fresh, you know, sandwiches, uh, po'boys or something like that. You know, uh, meat and like fresh kind of toasted buns, uh, some drinks, some, you know, some, some chips and hanging out outside um, under an umbrella, probably on a bench somewhere, enjoying your, your, your lunch as you ponder your next move. So as you finish eating, what's the plan? Well, yeah, so we would catch each other up, I think, you know, and yep. mention all the files. Does Fred mention this art teacher? He does. Uh, he does mention that, yeah, there was an art teacher before who was uh, not quite clear, fired, let go, who, who left before uh, Mr. Galvez. Does Does he mention about the character in a mask? I think yes, but, like, he doesn't really, like, like it, it's just part of the rest. He doesn't say, oh, also... Like, he's just part of kind of, like, the, the everything he kind of, like, yeah, kind of okay. spoke with some of the kids there and, and, and was mainly the football guys. And they, they didn't really mingle with the artsy kids. Uh, so they, they kind of left as soon as things kind of, like, uh, it was like a, some students had issues with each other and, and, and the fight kind of broke loose. They left. They did not want to get mixed up in it. And apparently they also saw, like, a, okay. there were princes was similar to Romeo and Juliet, and there was uh, uh, a uh, someone in a mask, in like a robe, like the Grim Reaper. I asked who if they recognized who that person was, but they didn't. Well, th- there were masks in disguise, so I I get why. That's all I got. Interesting, a mask that keeps showing up. And at, at this point, I mean, you guys didn't see the guy. The no, nope. you guys didn't see Matthew Wayne wearing a mask. But we did go to the masquerade last night and saw the devil masks all around. Yeah, Dorothy's thinking about this and thinking about this list and the Phantom of Truth and the Phantom of the Opera and the mask in that play. And just like kind of she's not really talking. She's just sort of putting that together in her head and trying to take stabs in the dark, I think. What about you guys? Well, we'd show you the files. Yeah, she'll hold them up. We managed to uh, get some information. All right. Everyone that's in the drama club, uh, we found out. Galvez's first name is Santiago, and we were able to get um, grades, ages, addresses, phone numbers, everything. So um, we can do with that what we please. Mm-hmm. 
who do we want to talk to first? Galvez, for sure. Right. So I've been thinking about that. Like, this is a criminal investigation. We assume Galvez, right? Right. Yeah. I know we're not supposed to know this, but like, I keep treating this like a disease. If we're treating this like a disease, we're more worried about exposure than whose fault it is, right? Yep. So I'm kind of at a loss here. And kind of looks at Fred like this is my first rodeo. And are we are we cops or are we here to uh, clean up? Yeah. Well, something like this is a first for me too. I don't quite. I, I, things I've dealt with were usually pretty tangible. Like they, they're kind of actively there to kill you, or at least make you feel absolutely awful. This is I don't know. Like I, I still very abstract to me, but I'll believe. Morrison and I'll believe you, uh, Dorothy, that, that it's odd and, and dangerous. Um, on my end, that I need to know more to, to act on something. I, I'm not going to just go in and kind of lowers his tone, guns blazing on, on a PE teacher and, and kids. And some kids, right? Right. No, I, 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 I can't do that. Yeah, I, I don't want to do that. In my, in my one experience, though, it wasn't something was influencing John Belfort. Mm. right like yeah and then john belfort was in turn influencing everybody else so do we think that's the pe teacher at this point like that the point of origin and it's hard to say Mm. i don't think we have enough info i think i think it's whoever decided to run this play right whoever put it in everybody's heads like hey let's do this one that's who it was And, and where where did they get it from right did someone else is it the art teacher that was fired that that just passed it along? Like I don't know. I'm just making assumptions. But is it these exchange students? Right, came here from from England. It's their first year. Is it this troubled girl, Violet? Mm. It's the popular girl in all the clubs. Right, and Willow just kind of like tosses her hair and gets annoyed at the whole thought. <laughs> and um, I don't remember exactly, but Wes did Willow tell us about the girl on the bike? I don't think so. Uh uh-uh. uh I don't think so either. So I do, I do agree. Let's just go talk to Mr. Galvez. Treat this as an actual police investigation for now. If shit hits the fan, if something, well, honestly, Dorothy, you're the you're the judge of this. You you know more than we do. If 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 it looks bad, smells bad, and 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 it needs to be taken care of, you let us know. Yeah, we'll do. I mean, the number one rule in this is the works themselves. Hmm. Number two is whoever is disseminating them or creating them. Right. Those are the two hard, hard rules. Everything else from that point on is generally containment. Makes, makes sense. Is there scripts sitting in this auditorium that are what you're talking about? Oh, that's right. Oh, I wanted to go check that out before we left. Uh, Juan mentioned that um, they didn't let him clean it. And Fred, I mean, you saw it. It was a mess, right? Yeah. They didn't let him clean up because um, there was an investigation still going on, but the cops ditched it. They haven't been back. They haven't said anything. He he asked if if we could get it authorized to have him clean it up. Um, and real quick, uh, Tom, just question. When we were there and looking through stuff and we picked up the handbills, we saw like a, you know, blood. We saw like a bloody sweater or sweatshirt or something like that. Did it look like there was a lot of other stuff all over the place, or did it look like there was not a whole ton? Mostly just the blood. Mostly uh, a little bit of blood and trash, uh, and it, it's mostly paper trash is what you mostly saw. Okay. A little bit of you know, like clothing, a sweater, you know, a, a, a sweatshirt someone left behind. Yeah, th- it wasn't 
super trash. I'll put it that way. So uh, a small amount. Okay. I think we need to, at some point, get back there and see if we can track down um, if there's any like scripts or um, anything like that. But let's talk to Galvez first, because he might be able to answer some of those questions, too. And if we approach as cops, then hopefully he'll be inclined to cooperate with us. All right. All right. So heading to Galvez's place? I um I tried to use probably my law skill uh, for this. Try to use it more because it's at 70. The fact that police hasn't shown up yet. Did some- they did. They did show up and then haven't been back. As if as if this isn't an issue, we're not worried about it. Yeah. Bye. Yeah, tr- yeah I'm trying to get a feel on, on, on why they might have not returned. Maybe some strings were pulled along the way. So law roll for that. Yeah. Seven. There you go. Right. So what, what, of course, what Fred does, of course, is that when there's an incident, they're going to send him an initial response from patrol. They're going to dispatch patrol to the incident immediately and deal with it. And then from there, um, it goes, once the patrol officers report in to their precinct, you know, they, they could, the bosses, the captains, the lieutenants, the guys on duty can escalate it to add said more officers can make a call that, you know, it's a situation contained. So someone makes a call. And once the situation is contained, the next step then is, of course, the detectives will get assigned the case. And it just depends on priorities. Right. So and you're, if you've seen many times when patrol officers will respond to a report, take a report, and then the report goes back to the office, and then someone's supposed to follow up on that report, maybe next week, maybe tomorrow, maybe never. Yeah, it just kind of stays in limbo. Yeah, it just sometimes sometimes these reports they just never get followed up on, and it's it could be an administrative bureaucratic okay negligence, uh, being too busy, or or some you know, some captain could be like, yeah, this is not important. Who knows? But there's a lot of lot of reasons why things will get followed up on. Okay, and not all of them are good reasons. Okay, so I think I think I'd say Fred would would say like for in terms of like these other officers. I'd be surprised if we see them, if, if we clash with them, or if we just end up at the same place at the same time. I don't imagine this is at the top of the pile at the moment. All right, so uh, heading off to the uh, PE teacher's residence. Yep. Before we actually get to Galvez's house, um, I think Dorothy would ask, you know, just kind of think about it. Hey, Willow, what did you see or hear anything while you were waiting in the van yesterday? Anything stick out at all? So... I guess if I had friends driving and I was sitting shotgun and I would like yep. snap at you and I'd be like, shit, there was this, there was a girl on a bike. Um, she would like think about it for a second. Fuck. She wasn't that outstanding. Uh, she had purple hair and she's trying to just remember aspects of her. Interesting. She seemed really not agitated, but off and concerned. Yeah. I didn't really interact with her much. I totally forgot about that. Oh, um, so I guess did if Willow saw her, would she recognize her from any of the photos of the students? Oh, there's a picture. Fuck. That's true. Yeah, you do have photos. She'd be like, hey, let me see those files. And she'd look through the files. Pro- recognize Violet? Yeah. Willow, roll roll your int for Ooh. me, and let's see how if she rec- makes a recollection based on the student she saw. 35 under 85. Damn. So, yes. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So, uh, you, there's seven pictures to look at. You know, I, I think there's only a couple of, actually, three female students of the drama club. Um, and as you look through them, Violet Sanchez stands out to you. As you kind of stare at that photo, you, you kind of get more and more sure that you, that's the girl you saw on the bike across the street. She had a hood up. 
like a hoodie up. Um, but the hair color, she's got violet hair in her school photo too. Her hair is, her dark hair has been dyed like a, like a deep violet color. Um, it's a little bit brighter on one side than the other. Uh, it's a little kind of a pixie cut sort of situation that she has going on where, you know, it's longer on the top and kind of short on the sides. And she's got that, that sort of look in the school photo that not, that's kind of not too excited look. And it, it kind of matches with what you saw from her staring at you across the street on her bicycle. Mm. And so this is still 93. Like, she, like Dorothy, is uncommon. It's still not a common look for yes. women in the South, for sure. Yeah, of course, most women in the South, high school women, high school girls included, they're dressing like their, their mothers. It's a large, it's a bigger hair. Yeah, that style is bigger hair. Right. You know, it, it's, it's, it stands out, you know, and clothing is also much baggier. Yeah. Or, of course, with high school students, sometimes it's more showy. Well, sure. You know, it just depends on what they're, what they're, what they're doing. But, but Violet um, does not look like most other girls her age. Because her, and her mannerism and her hair color and, and her dressing style either. Is she like, she's like wearing black and stuff like that? Uh, and the, Willow's recollection is a, a dark gray. Okay. Almost like an athletic hoodie like a sports hoodie okay gotcha or like a like a, a pe hoodie but a little bit bigger than her size kind of thing okay baggy intentionally yeah bag, it's baggier than it, sh- than it needs to be hmm. okay well let's let's head to uh galvez's house so galvez uh it resides in the bywater neighborhood which is a, a an interesting neighborhood uh, it kind of it's like a it's like a an l that's reversed Okay. Uh, a mirror image of an L. So it's a long sliver of it. It goes all the way down to the river. And a large chunk of the Mississippi River is part of the Bywater area. And the, that part that's close to the river is more businesses um, and also an older area of town where the kind of long, slender sliver is more of these little neighborhoods. He's in that upper area where the neighborhoods are. I mean, as you, you drive by, it's a lot of these smaller houses, these long-style, shotgun-style houses uh, with little porches on the front and cars parked up here and there. And as, as you drive to the residence, you see there's a bunch of cars. Galvez has really got, he's got four cars in the driveway, like two in and then two behind him, and then about three more on the curb in front of the residence. Oh, my God. All right, and then there's a little tiny area which used to be lawn at some point, is now it's kind of like dirt and some some dandelions. A couple of steps up, a very small porch that could hold like one chair. And then there's a door. The front door is open. And as you stop your van, and, and I probably park it a distance away and approach carefully. Yes. Yeah. You hear loud, raucous noises and cheering. And uh, uh, and guys, it's like a party going on. Okay. All right. Um, and... Uh, you, you go. And so as you approach the house, you hear. No, I'm trying to think. Maybe Fred would pick this up first. It sounds like a sports event is occurring. Yeah, Fred will say. It sounds like a game. Yeah, there's a, a game is on. It's a sense you get, Fred. I think Fred would get kind of not panicked, but he kind of looks around in the streets and looks at the open, uh, open door, and uh, that there's a bunch of cars kind of parked there. He's just going to kind of reach over to the back of the van, grab his handgun, and just kind of put it in the back of his pants, pull his shirt on top of it. Yeah, lots of people, always chances of, of something going wrong. Right there with you. <laughs> okay. So you're taking a, a 20, the 22, right? My pistol. So my, my service pistol. Okay. What's Willow taking with her? Her M9, so 9mm. And she puts it in a concealed holster at the above her butt, like in her small of her back. Okay. Hmm. Pulls her shirt back down over it. Yeah. Dorothy is unarmed, correct? Yes. All right. 
And so four cars in the driveway, Willow would do this math out loud. Three cars on the street, the garage is shut and the front door is open. We're looking at 20 to 30, Fred. This is a lot. Yeah. His eyes widened as you just counted that just right on a, straight out of the, out of the dome. Um, kind of nods. Okay. Well, it's the South, so yeah. like I've been to these parties. I know what they look like. Okay. I have not. Me neither. And when Dorothy says that, Willow has no filter. Willow would literally say, and we might should keep it that way, Dorothy. This might not be your element. Yeah, yeah. You're probably not wrong. Do you want me to wait in the car? Fuck, I don't know. Like, she would immediately feel guilty for that and not know. Like, she would just kind of shrug at you like, I don't fucking know. But this could be, this could be sketchy. Yeah, I definitely don't really feel like it's my element. She's like looking down at what she's wearing. She's like, yeah, I'll go hang out. Anything you need from me Mm. do you do you if you can get a chance to talk to him try to learn everything you can about the play you know maybe spare the details of what's necessarily in the play i I don't know use your best judgment but people who was involved who wrote it where to come from timeline all that kind of stuff okay all right um well though if you want we can we can split this halfway i can go and 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 be the good cop and you can be the bad cop if you want so as you're saying that, Willow turns back to the van and gets back in her backpack. She's like, I was, I was thinking the same shit. So she pulls out two shoulder holsters and another M9 <laughs> and puts them on full out and on display on her frame, which is a big piece of leather with that's pretty fucking obvious at this point. Okay. All right, let's go. All right, so the weapons are, are not concealed. No. Right. Well, just, now she's got three. <laughs> Oh, it's going to fucking matter. But two are big, out, and bold, and on display, yes. A friend is going to remove his Yankees baseball cap just in case he's really not welcome wearing that. Right. Uh, he's going to leave it in the van. And Fred has about the same accent as Matt, right? Like, that's the way I've always played it. So, like, that's yep. what you sound like. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Willow would say something about, remember where we are. Right. Well. You speak half their language. Which, don't forget about that. Usually, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Usually, uh, Frenchies are somewhat welcome in New Orleans, from what I've heard. For sure. Hmm. But don't forget they're Creole, not French. They're not French anymore. Oh, I, if they start... I, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, That's a, a dialect that I don't... Uh, I'm not familiar with. All right, then I... Fuck. It's time to just boss that porch, then. Yeah, we just got to <laughs> hesitate a little bit and just fucking go in. Yep. All right, so who's going in, and how you, how how are you going in? What's the approach? I would be the one step behind, one step to the right of Fred, fucking full bodyguard yep. pose. Yeah, Fred's just going to size and just kind of puts in like a shy smile and just kind of goes in and, and sees that the door is open and just kind of like knocks on like the, the, the side of the, the wooden side of the door, wooden frame, if there is one. Yeah, there is. Yeah. All right. So you knock, 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 Fred. Um, and um, you hear the sounds of, of cheering. You hear an announcer voice talking about a game, a, a sporting event on, and it, like a loud broadcast sporting event is happening. Mm. And you hear some people talking about the game. Um, and you hear kind of more Hispanic accents going on. And as you knock, knock, knock from the, all the way down this, like a single, it's like a long hallway that goes down and breaks off in different areas. And the back of the, the residence is the kitchen area. You know, there's like, like a long flow of, of air. It's, that's, that's the way these are designed, you know, move the air through it. In the kitchen, a, a smaller woman, five foot one, and maybe like kind of gray haired, peers out from the kitchen at you as you're knocking. 
and gives you this kind of angry look, like, like who who is this? And she's got an apron, and she wipes her hands on the apron and, and very quickly kind of starts marching down the hallway from the kitchen towards the front door. As you hear all this commotion, you hear somebody cheer, uh, and you hear the announcer voice continue. All right, so this woman approaches you and looks, looks at you and at Willow, mm-hmm. up at the two of you. Says, excuse me. Hello, uh, sorry to disturb you. Uh, we're uh, Louisiana State Police. Is Mr. Galvez here? Oh. Thank you. Just just one minute. So she's like, she yells, Santiago! Like, Santiago! And, and like, is this commotion. And she kind of steps over the side of, the, of, the, of this open archway into another room and basically is yelling for Santiago. You hear some commotion. She says something in Spanish. Uh, there's a response. As if some people, some of them laughter comes from the other room. All right, in a moment, um, she returns in this 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 kind of larger guy, uh, early forties, a uh, little heavy set, balding as well. He's got a little bit of a goatee, so um, otherwise friendly face. He's got a beer can in his hand. In his hand. Uh, he looks over and kind of looks really curious at the two of you. And she says to him in Spanish. He responds in Spanish and and pats the little woman on the shoulder and steps over to where the two of you are um, and relaxes his stance. Mm. How. How good does it smell on the porch? It, actually, there's a there's a nice waft of food from the kitchen, of uh, something being freshly being cooked down down that hallway, and the, the airflow is moving it in. You can you can even pick it up, Willow. Uh, you also smell smell beer coming from other parts of the house. Willow just kind of wistfully watches the woman walk back to the kitchen. <laughs> this is, uh, so the officers, um, yeah, is this the, is is this important? We're in the middle of the game. I know, I'm really sorry to disturb you. Uh, Fred offers his hand, big warm smile, and says, this shouldn't be too long. You can you come back after the game. It's fourth quarter. How much time is left? Uh, I think he, he kind of glances around. He's like trying to remember. Uh, maybe seven and a half. All right, well, let's make this quick. Uh, we're here for the incident that happened at uh, the high school you work at. Oh, yeah, well, can we talk about this Monday? I mean, come on, LSU's playing. Not really. Um, sure. Hang, hang on. Um, can we talk about that outside? Yes. All right. So he, he steps past you, both of you, and goes out in this little, the little tiny porch that's right in the front of the house and kind of leans up against the railing for a second and sighs a bit and kind of just motions for you to step out. It's like two steps out. Yep. Follows. He says, um, I listened. I mean, um, I'm sorry. I don't know what to say. It's, it's, I mean, I know it's, it's my fault that I'm supposed to be keeping a better eye on those kids. And let's, I listen. To, what, drama was not really my idea. Whose was it? Uh, listen, I um, well, we didn't have anybody to, to cover, um, so I got volunteered to be the drama guy. All right. Well, that's that's really nice of you. So I mean, it's football season. Yeah. I get it. Um, so the the incident, I spoke to a couple of other students here and there, and then how how the the play that you presented or whatever. Some people thought it was Romeo and Juliet or something. Uh, I think it was Othello or um, okay. Taming of the Shrew or um, Alyssa. I, I basically I told the kids that um, it was supposed to be a, a Shakespeare thing, and they, I basically I let them choose their own. Basically, so they, they got to, the drama club got to right. look at a couple of different ideas they had. Um, they all talked about it. They voted on it. They picked one of them, made their own costumes, uh, mm. rehearsed it on their time. So, I mean, I just had to open and close the doors when they're for the rehearsal space and, you know, sign, sign permission mm. slips or whatever it is we, we got to do. Of course. And uh, do you know who, who proposed the play that they presented and what? So he, he thinks for a moment. It, it, it takes him an odd couple of seconds 
and you and Fred, you're you're human. You can tell this guy, like he's trying to remember something, mm-hmm. and you see him. You see on the look on his face, like he's struggling to remember something, and then like his eyes, his eyes light up. And that was Franklin. Franklin. All right. All right. Okay. Yeah. Um. And he thinks for a minute. It was. It wasn't. I don't think that was Shakespeare that he was doing. From from what I heard, I, I don't. I don't think so either. He says, um. Hey, listen, they're good kids, and I don't. I don't know what started that riot. I don't. I don't think it was the kids. I think we've got some problems um, with some gangs in our neighborhoods, and mm. it, and the lights are down in the auditorium. If someone takes advantage of that situation, I, we've had fights before on campus. True. I, I don't think it was my kids. I mean, they're good kids. And I mean, were they all part of the play? They were all being actors and and, and having fun with it. Well, yeah, the whole drama club um, was putting on the presentation. So yeah. So I mean, it, it wasn't them that started anything, right? No, I'm I, I'm I'm sure of it. Okay. It's it wasn't those kids. I mean, they just happened to be putting on the show at the same time that fight happened. Right. Right. Of course. Well. Mr. Galvez, that's that's all I really needed, just to can maybe know if if one of the kids of your of your club started anything and what what this was all about. So uh, hey, run away! Don't miss your game. Great, great. Hey, uh, hey, anytime. Thanks, officers. Thank you. All right. It's, so he kind of scooches past you, goes back inside, and and actually trots a little bit down the hall, back into the TV room. Yeah. And the other guys all respond to him. And he says something back to them, and there's some commotion in there. And then the, the announcers continue, and the broadcast continues, and the, and the, the college football game continues. Hmm. Go Tigers! <laughs> Ball game. Um, <laughs> Fred turns to, to Willow and just kind of shrugs and says, "I don't know if there was something else you wanted to ask to, to him or to someone else." Nah. Do you think he was lying to you? Or do you think that he was telling the truth? It was hard for me to tell. No, I think he was pretty pretty upfront. I believe him. He volunteered for for drama club. I mean, if he's taking care of football and then drama club, football is going to go first. Yeah, football is way more important. Yeah. So yeah, it looks like uh, we do have someone maybe that proposed a, an idea for what to present as a play. Let's go back and uh, share the information to Dorothy in the car. What was he wearing, Tom? Was he wearing anything yellow? Basically, we're not a lot. Nothing yellow. Uh, he, it's gonna be um, kind of athletic shorts, like LSU colors. Yeah. So um, I, 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 top man, I don't remember what the colors are for, for LSU. Unfortunately, I think they're purple and yellow, but they might be purple and orange. <laughs> probably. Is. Yep. No, it's purple and yellow. It's it's like Vikings. Well, it's like a really light orange yellow. Yeah. So he's he's decked out in basically you know sports. A tire is what he's wearing. But he's not wearing, like, a yellow freaking polo or something. No, was not. Obnoxious. Okay. A white mask. Yeah, nothing like that. Right. Yeah, I would just say, all right, let's uh, let's go let Northy know what we learned. Yep. All right, so the group, you guys wandered past the, the vehicles that are parked right in front, kind of work your way down. And the, the sidewalks here are a little bit in disrepair. Uh, as you work your way down the street, and there's a lot of cars on the parked here, and you finally see your van. Dorothy is sitting in the van, waiting for the two of you. Dorothy, you haven't seen much happen. A few cars have driven by, but otherwise the neighborhood seems pretty peaceful on a Saturday. Okay. Football is on, so I mean, this is you know this is kind of prime TV watching time here. Mm. Sure. So yeah, they get back in the car. Yep. Van starts up, and what's our next destination? How'd it go? Learn anything interesting? Pretty well. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, first of all, uh, 
Santiago is seemed like just a guy enjoying a football game with a bunch of friends and maybe family. Uh, okay. Nothing weird that popped up to me. I would nod. The drama club really wasn't its priority. Uh, okay. He just volunteered because they needed someone. So he kind of unlocked the doors and let the kids kind of do their thing. So I asked if uh, if he knew who proposed the play that they presented, and he told me that it was uh, Franklin. Franklin Dubois. Okay. Did he say the name of the play or... No, he didn't. He he thought it was some okay. Shakespeare. He thought maybe it was Othello. Interesting. Um, but then he kind of realized he remembered that it, it. He's pretty sure it wasn't Shakespeare, but he didn't say any name. He didn't say any. He didn't give details. I don't think he was paying much attention to what they were preparing as a play and when they actually gave the show. Okay. Well, we need to get a hold of this Franklin guy then. Mm-hmm. It might be a little tricky going to a student's house. Um, we could wait for Monday. Um, and see if we can just approach him at... Oh, no, he's suspended. He is suspended. So he probably won't be at school on Monday. Hmm. Well, as, I mean, as long as we, we were respectful with the kid, I mean, there there's no... Cops talk to, to juveniles and, and, and children often. It's just... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we don't have the internet, but we do have phone books, right? And, like, yellow pages and shit? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yellow? Mm. We must burn all the phone books. All of them. Yes. <laughs> all the all the phone books need to die. They're only like half yellow. If that makes it any better. Well, it's like two thirds <laughs> yellow. Burn just half. Yeah. Mm. What's your What's your point with that though? Uh, his, he has an interesting last name. Maybe his dad. So what I'm worried about is he's his dad's important or something. Like he's a lawyer or something like that. So we might find him in that way. Okay. And I don't know. Like you said, it, we shouldn't just show up at a kid's house and say we're cops investigating this thing. Yeah. On a Saturday afternoon. That's probably not going to go over real well. Well. Or we can. And be hard about it. It's just. No need to be hard about it. It, it may be. There was a violent incident. And from what. What the. Uh. uh Galvez said, like all, it's not the drama club kids that started it, from their point of view at least. They didn't initiate any violence, right? That they know of. That they know of. They didn't fucking stab each other. It was other kids who were watching it. And it affected them pretty negatively, apparently. But was it that one of the kids said that the play was bad, right? But it wasn't bad in, in, in the sense of it was trash, it sucked. It was bad. Yeah, it was bad like it was evil. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I want to talk to this Violet. Yeah. We can well uh, we have one we have one van. I mean we can we can go today talk to either Violet or uh or Mr. Dubois. As long as we're not hard asses about it and we, we talk with the parents, there's no real problem. Yeah. And and try to convey that their kid isn't in any trouble. Exactly. We're just trying to learn more about yep. what happened in this incident. And we know they have a better vantage point because they were up on the stage. They may have seen what caused the fight. That's right. Yeah. Why don't we do that? Let's let's go there. Let's go to Franklin's sure. first. Okay. All right. So Franklin Dubois lives with his mother, Acadia, and they live in the Desire neighborhood, which is the same neighborhood that the school is in. So not that far from the school itself. You know, maybe about four or five blocks away. It was once a new neighborhood, a new development, uh, 25, 30 years ago, but it, is, it has been since kind of fallen into disrepair. And as you drive in, uh, it is still it, it's Saturday afternoon, which is fairly uneventful. You, you do see some people outside, 
uh, pe- there's kids on bikes, people in the streets talking to each other, neighbors talking to each other, you know, and there's a lot of cars parked here and there. The streets feel very crowded uh, and kind of uh, claustrophobic. Um, and the houses are, um, each one is situated just a little bit off the street, like a very short front yard area. Um, most don't have garages, but a couple of them occasionally do. And when you finally get to Franklin Dubois' residence, you see it's it actually has a second story or most are, are single story. This has a small second story on the back end and it has a, a, a single car garage attached to the side of it. The garage door is open as you drive by. There's a vehicle parked out front of the garage, but you see there's someone in the garage as you drive past kind of slowly. And otherwise it's a very plain looking, light blue colored, faded house that's seen better days. And you can drive past the house a little further down, park your, via, your, your van, uh, maybe about three houses away. Mm-hmm. Who wants to go in, and what do you guys want to do? I'd like to go. Is it the whole crew, or is Willow staying behind? Yeah, I think I'll stay in the van this time. Okay. Okay. So Willow's on on watch, kind of keeps an eye on the neighborhood. And Willow, as you look down the street, there's some other kids, a couple of houses down, like in the front yard, kind of hang, just hanging around. Some teenagers just kind of hanging around, kind of looking around, keeping their eye on things, talking to each other, doing nothing as far as you can tell. But there's a little suspiciousness to you from your DEA days about what they might be up to, just kind of standing around their front yard, right? And you do see vehicles drive slowly up and down the block from time to time. From time to time, there's the sounds of music, loud music being played with the cars with the windows down. But so you keep an eye on things, Willow, here, and you have a sense that the element may not be the greatest element in this neighborhood. So when I sense that, instead of sitting in the front seat, still with this shoulder holsters, I just get out and lean against the passenger door. Okay. And be more obviously a threat. Yeah. And from time to time, Willie, you see people watching you um, and try not to look obvious about it. Uh, but they're, the uh, people in the neighborhood are aware that you and your van... And I wouldn't pay anybody direct attention. I just... She's used to being looked at, and especially as a cop, right? And she knows they're looking at her as a cop. So we'll cut to Dorothy and Fred. The two of you walk up to the front of this residence. Uh, like I said, the garage door is open. Yeah. And you see a woman in the garage, African-American woman uh, in her early 40s. There's a uh, there's a washer and dryer that are going, and there's a clothes rack set up in the garage. And she's doing laundry, is what you see as you approach. Um, and she doesn't seem to pay you much mind until you get closer to where she glances over in your direction, uh, finishes folding like a, a shirt that she's working on, pins it, and then steps to the edge of the garage to meet you, like kind of at the uh, threshold of the garage. Puts her hands in her pockets and kind of looks at the two of you suspiciously. Yeah, so Dorothy will say, uh, yeah. Good afternoon, ma'am. Um, we are with the uh, Louisiana State Police. Um, nobody's in anybody. Nobody's in any trouble, but we wanted to uh, talk with you about something that happened at your son's school recently, and uh, if possible, get a chance to speak with him a little bit. It sounds like he may have had a good vantage point on seeing what happened, and we're trying to just learn more about the situation. Do you have some time? She says, "You're both police officers." Yes, and pull out the badges. Yep. Flash the badge. Uh, she got. She got a glances at the badges. Those don't look like New Orleans PD to me. Oh, we're not New Orleans uh, PD. We're Louisiana State Police detectives. What's the state police have to do with me and my son? Well, it's it's not so much that there's anything involving you or your son. It's just that this incident that went down at the school. Um, there's some 
suspicions of the, the violence that had gone down may be connected to some broader things. And we're looking into it. We're talking with everybody that, that we can because it sounds like it was a bit of a commotion and it's a little bit unclear as to who started it. Um, but we were hoping to, to speak with, frankly, all of the students um, that are in the drama club to see if any of them got a good look at where this fight broke out. Um, see if we can learn more about what happened. Listen, I already told those New Orleans police detectives I wasn't pressing any charges, so I don't need to... I'm not making any statements. I, I, I want nothing more to, to say about the matter. Quite frankly, ma'am, it's just filling out paperwork. There's no no wish to be had, no worries to be had either. Well, I'm not, I'm not filling any... I'm not signing anything. No, not so I don't know what you, I don't know what you two are, are bothering about, but um, it's not a big deal. I'm fine. Humans. Uh, go ahead and roll for that. Let's see what I want. I'll see what you sure. Do. Because I, I think I think I'm gonna roll too. Fred is taking it back. Like hold on, like relax. You. That's a fail on my end. Come on, Fred. Uh, success, sweetie. Sixteen under eighty-three. Uh, yeah, Fred. You get a sense she's she's clearly referring to something. You and her are talking about different things. Yep. That's the sense you get. Yep. Different conversations. So I think Fred is, is straight up going to say this. Like, I think I think we might have a misunderstanding here. It's really just for, for the incident that happened at school. We'd just like to, to maybe talk with your son very briefly because he was there and we weren't. That's it. She's wide. Well, I don't know anything about some school incident, but I already talked to the New Orleans police. police. That was a couple weeks ago. And I told them that I'm fine. Good. And I, 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 I'm not pressing any charges. So, all right. I've made my statement already. I have nothing further to say. No, no need for a statement. No need for for anything of the likes. It's really just a small conversation with uh, Franklin, if that's okay with you. So she gives you a, a funny look. She says, "Who, who do you want to talk to?" Uh, Franklin. Franklin Dubois. She says, "I, th- I thought you want to talk to my son." Uh, I'm sorry. Um. We were told that this was where Franklin Dubois lived. She thinks about it for a moment. She says, my name's Dubois, but I don't know who you're talking about. Um, and I, I think Dorothy would probably like pull out the photo of him, the school photo. Uh, she kind of glances at it a bit. Um, no, good, good looking boy. Um, I'm sorry, officers. Not yours. Hmm. Okay. Is is she says, if you excuse me, I, I've got a lot to do here. I, I'm very busy this morning. Who's who's your who's your son? Might be a friend of uh, Franklin. Well, um, listen, if, I, if you're here to talk to my son, that's one thing. Uh, but I don't think he knows anybody named Franklin. Uh, I'm not familiar with who you're talking about. Right, right. But, but what's the name of your son? So um, she ponders for a moment. Oh, my, my son's not here. He's not here today. Uh, he must be. Uh, he's probably out playing with one of his friends. What the fuck is... Well, he doesn't have to be here to have a name. She says... She kind of sighs a little bit and shakes her head and says... She says, look, I'm, I'm very busy, but he, the, the boy's not here. Uh, he, he hasn't been here all day. I, I haven't seen him. Ma'am, uh, we're trying... We just need a name, maybe to do a follow-up for, for Franklin that we have here. Uh, she, um... She ponders for a second and then shakes her head a little bit and she says, No, 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 I, I don't know who you're talking about. It's not my son. We were given this address by the school and... Frankly, ma'am, we're trying to be as polite as we can in this situation, but we need to speak with whoever this boy is, and it may not be your son, but we were given this address, and we're here for information. Uh, she, uh, she crosses her arms and kind of, kind of looks at you, Dorothy, and says, uh, Listen, um, miss, I, I told you my son is not here today, so you there's no one to speak with. I'm the only one home, so um, you'll have to come back another day. Where might he be? 
He's probably out with one of his friends, riding bicycles or something. Dorothy kind of glares at her. And she has this kind of like this very firm, sort of an angry look on her face. Does your son go to Carver High School? Car- Carver. Oh, yeah, of, co- of course. That's, that's the local high school. That's where he goes. Yep. Right. And what is his name? Um, so, Fred, your human is what again? 83, but something's up. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. For just a moment, Fred, you see her Her eyes soften. Her expression softens. The The hostility drops. Kind of, it, it, it just, it falls away. And she says, well, my son's Franklin. Oh, God. And he's not here today? She says, I told you. I told you both. He's not here today. I haven't seen him at all. Where does he hang around usually, do you know? Oh, with his friends uh, in the neighborhood, around. Um, he, has a, he has a lot of friends. He's, uh, they, I don't know where he is. I haven't seen him all day. Of course. And he's uh, suspended, I believe. She says, I don't know which... No, why would he be suspended? That doesn't make any sense. I think for... You see... <laughs> Dorothy, you see Fred's, like, composure just drop. Like, he does not understand what is going on. Yeah. Like, he's confused. Yeah, so Dorothy says, Thank you for the information, ma'am. We'll get out of your hair. And she grabs Fred by the hand and leads him away. So you see this woman just shaking her head, like, frustrated, exasperated, and goes back to her laundry and just goes back to work as you walk away. And she says... Is she folding yellow shirts? I'll put it this way. There's no special shirts that she's folded. It mm-hmm. just appears to be regular, regular clothes. And um, Dorothy, uh, actually, you'll notice it's, it's both woman's and basically a boy's clothes as well. Yeah. There's a mixture of clothes in there, not just her clothes. Yep. So you step away from the house just far enough to be out of her earshot. What the fuck was that? Let's go back to the car. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll... Hop back in the car and get Willow and everything. Willow is rolling a 350 blackout in between her knuckles. Just. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh, Dorothy will say, get back in the car to Willow and hop back in. Yep. And she looks at Fred very meaningfully and she says, something is up with that woman. I don't know what, but she was not in her right mind. Did you see her face? She was genuinely not remembering her son and then she did oh my god and then and then she didn't we need to find him we need to we need to get into that house we do he might I, chances are he's in there i think he's in there too willow points at the three guys down the street says kind of matches the description at least with the friends yeah should we go talk to him well is he in there the, I mean, as you look with those, those they don't look like Franklin. Yeah. But there are other, you know, there are other teenage boys. Yeah. Probably around his age ish. Yeah. Yeah. How far away are they? Maybe two yards away. Okay. So at this point, Willow should be able to tell. Are they dealing? Like, are they actively dealing? She's been watching them for like 30 minutes. Hmm. Uh, Willow, what's your criminology? Criminology is 20%. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think. Roll the plus 20 because she's been observing them for a while. Nope. Not even okay. close. Yeah. So she's while she's suspicious, she sees she didn't see any indication of anything that was overtly criminal that they did. Just there's something there's suspicious, and that's as far as she got. Okay. So Dorothy says, "Fuck it," and she unbuckles. She probably buckled up when she got in. She unbuckles and gets out of the car and starts walking over there. She just okay. you know, so Dorothy, gorgeous, fairly yeah. petite, you know, pale goth chick in a dress, walking up to these these kids. Willow, like, rolls her eyes at Fred and gets back out and leans against the door again. Fred kind of laughs, just kind of laughs once, and just see, just 
watches this unfold. <laughs> so as you approach, um, they they watch you approach from where they are, and they're um, kind of near where. Let's see, there's not a fence. There's no front fence in these yards. So there's just the vehicles and there's a small patches. Some have grass, some have weeds, some have nothing. Depends on where you are. So these, when you approach, there's um, two of them are sitting basically in the front stoop. And the third one is kind of leaning up against the side of the house. Uh, and they're all just kind of making small talk or not even talking as you approach. And they see you walking and they look at you. And from, from a little bit of a distance, she'll kind of wave and she'll say, Afternoon, guys. Uh, you got a second? All right. So they kind of look at each other. And so one of them's like, what do you want, lady? Well, I got a question for you. You guys seem like you have uh, the lay of the land here. We are trying to talk with Franklin Dubois. He's not in any trouble, but we need to, um, we want to see if he can give us some information about something that happened at the high school recently. Do you guys know where he might be? Do you know him? Let's see. So they kind of, they look, kind of look at each other and go ahead and give me persuade, Dorothy. Let's see, uh, sure. let's see how persuasive you are. With these these kids, do I have persuade? Yeah, I got forty persuade. Uh, twenty eight. So that is a success. Okay. So they kind of look at each other a bit, and then um, a different one responds. Okay. Uh, this is a guy kind of leaning up against the house. He's like, "Hey, look, lady. Um, yeah, I know Franklin. He lives down the street. Yeah, we just spoke with his mother. Um, she said that he's not home today. He says, "Yeah, so did you guys see him leave at all?" Hanging out here. This guy shakes his head. He looks at his buddies. They kind of shrug a little bit. And a third, the third one's like, "Hey, listen, lady, we ain't seen, we didn't see anything. We don't, we don't pay attention to anything." Really? Well, you seem pretty keen to me. We just mind our own business. Okay. Uh, you guys go to the high school. What's it to you? She'll pull out her badge. Ah, fuck! And then the other one's like, "Ah, damn. yeah, I told." And one's like, "I told you, fuck!" You know, and then they have a little commotion. Right. And she'll, she'll kind of put up her hand and, and, you know, calm down. She says, none of you are in any trouble. I don't need to know your names. I just have a quick question. Were any of you at the auditorium gathering where there was a fight that went down a few days ago? Uh, they kind of look at each other. And, they, and they're like, one guy is like shaking his head. The other one's kind of, kind of gives him a nod. And the third one's like, nope. Did any of you happen to see where the fight started? He's like, hey, I'm sorry, lady. I, uh, none of us were there. She looks at the guy who nodded his head. Uh, he, he doesn't make eye contact with you. Okay. Well, thank you for your time. I'll uh, leave you boys to it. All right. And then, so one of them's like, peace out. Yeah. <laughs> she'll, she'll throw a peace sign and walk away. They tell me all your stories. All the little worries you cry. They tell me what the world needs, what to say, who to please, where my loyalties should lie.
the miles that were traveled, the trials and the battles, how many?